0: guys, what's up? Today we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between stability and mobility. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about uh, health and fitness. This one's going to get away from the mindset stuff a little bit. And that's going to be kind of my plan generally for the podcast is to kind of alternate One where it's maybe more fitness or CrossFit oriented and how you guys can improve your game on that end. And then the other ones are going to be more mindset based. So maybe just some things to think about, some action items for you guys to be taking with yourself mentally to keep you and me and everybody in your life a little bit more accountable to some personal development. So first guys, we're going to talk a little bit about what is stability and what is mobility and how do we know which one we need to be working on? So typically with stability, we're going to be looking more at somebody who is hypermobile, right? Somebody, This is somebody who needs stability, right? So a lot of times this is going to be, you know, this is like your awkward kind of teenager, is your, you know, most extreme example of this. So you'll watch them squat and they're kind of gumby like, their knees go all over the place, their butts go all over the place, they're gooey in their core, and they have they just look like they have no rigidity throughout their entire body. Okay, on the extreme opposite end of that. You have your power lifters or your strong men, guys who maybe don't have good range of motion in really any joint, you know they would struggle maybe to you know wipe uh, to, to itch their backs or wipe their butts. you know that's wipe their butts is kind of the big one but I think that's a little mean to discuss. Um, and then you know they might struggle to get into a squat or they might struggle to do um, just you know your daily what we would think of as your functional activities. So if you're on that end, you're going to be needing mobility, right? So those are kinda your two different people. Uh, At first, we're gonna talk a little bit more about how to gain stability. Okay, so if we are in that hypermobile boat and we feel like we can sit into like a super deep squat and we just can hang out there all day. Squat holds for us aren't difficult by any means. We don't start sweating. Uh, you know, we could text down there or read a book down there and no big deal. What we're gonna focus on is going to be joint strength and muscle growth. And so we have to make sure that if we're in this boat that we are eating to support muscle growth because that's going to be extremely important for us to start making sure that we're protecting those joints Because a lot of times if we don't have stability and we're flimsy and gooey throughout our body, our knees dance all over the place and our foot moves all over the place when we start to squat heavy, our core can't handle much weight, and we're super upright, but as soon as we start to come out of the squat, we lose that upright position almost immediately. And so a couple things that we're going to talk about to really help, uh, you know, develop this more than anything is going to be eccentric loading and eccentric lowering of weights specifically throughout the squat. But a lot of people lack stability throughout their core when we're picking things up off the ground, when we're doing kettlebell swings. And so you could also do some eccentric lowerings with deadlifts or single leg deadlifts or some of those more hinge type mechanics versus a squat. And so what those eccentric, lowerings are going to look like guys It's going to be we would take something light for us so we'd start maybe ladies at 65 or 55 pounds guys maybe 75 or 95 pounds and we're going to do a 10 second squat lower and this can be back squat or front squat it doesn't necessarily matter you could even do overhead squats right if that's an area where you feel like you really lack stability but we're going to go through a 10 second lower and we're gonna have a slight pause in the bottom, and then we're also going to go up for 10 seconds. Now, some of you guys might have done this in class when we do our 30 second air squat movements, and it's very difficult for you. If that is you, that's awesome. That's low-hanging fruit that you can work on. It's a very simple warm-up mechanism, and I think it's interesting that so many people focus so much on You know, when are we going to go heavy? I want more weight on the bar. I want to just, you know, juice it up and let it rip and see what happens. But in reality, a lot of people are going to get significantly better through doing lighter weights where they don't necessarily need to have so much stress on their system with all the loading and the weight, which can be very difficult on, you know, the discs in your back if we do it too often and some different things along those lines. And it can lead to different issues if we have stability problems. But for you, you're actually gonna end up getting better on some of those lighter weight, slower lowers, tempo movements and really making sure we're drilling in good knee positioning, solid bracing throughout the core, and we have control all the way through both the eccentric and the concentric portions of those movements. That's your first thing. If you guys are hypermobile and you're lacking stability, it can be in any movement. You guys want to take that movement and you want to go through more eccentric lowerings and more slow concentric movements and really control your positioning, okay? You can take this to anything, right? If you guys are struggling with let's say, shoulder stability in horizontal pressing movements. So planks are really difficult on you, and you start shaking in your shoulders. What we can do is we can do an eccentric lowering in a push-up or bench press, and you guys could think about using kettlebells on a bar or on a PVC pipe, and that kind of enhances the movement. You guys might have seen those bamboo or earthquake bars, and those are really developing a lot of extra stability as we go through those eccentric movements also good to start thinking about is bracing becomes very important, right? A lot of people are going to lack stability through different positions because their core bracing is not on point. And so we do a lot of drills with these before we go heavy for deadlifts or for squats or whatever it might be. But It's one of those things where if you struggle with this, you do need to work on it a little bit every day. And it doesn't necessarily need to be in the gym. Obviously, that's a great time to do it. But you guys could wake up and start working on bracing drills in a quadruped position first thing right when you wake up every day. And get your body used to bracing the core and learning how to breathe properly and use your diaphragm properly Before we even come into the gym, right? It's kind of one of those things where the more practice you get, the better you'll be at it. Then when we are going through those eccentric movements, and we are going through that stabilization work where we're tempoed, we're controlled, maybe we have some, you know, bands around the knees or bands around the ankles or different things along those lines that we're going to be working on. That's an extra time for us to work on bracing, right? When we're doing those slow eccentric lowers, if you're going 10 seconds down, slight pause in the bottom, and then 10 seconds back up in a front squat, you're not going to be able to hold your breath the entire time. So you're going to have to be learning to train your diaphragm to keep that volume down and that pressure through your core and engaging your core muscles the right way all the way through the entire movement and that's going to carry over massively into workouts and being able to stabilize your core passively rather than always have to consciously think about it all right so there's your prescription for people who need stability who are hypermobile okay you guys need to focus on muscle growth and eating for muscle growth you guys need to make sure that you guys are doing more eccentric lowerings under a nice controlled tempo all of your movements that you struggle in need to be done under control. So whether that be a deadlift or a squat or whatever it is, we should never rush through those, right? So if I struggle with stability and I'm dropping like a rock in my squats or I'm letting the barbell control me to the ground in a deadlift, then I'm not going to be building the stability that I need. And this is a huge area of problem for people in the deadlift, right? You can pull it off the ground, but you can't lower it under a three or four second tempo. Well, guess what? Your spine, your core muscles, everything that you're pulling with doesn't actually have the stability to control and handle that weight if you can't lower it properly. Okay, So that's an important distinction. And If you guys have been around me for a while, you know I am huge on learning to deadlift double overhand grip, and making sure that we have a controlled lower with every rep, okay? And I'm not doing that to hamstring you, I'm doing that to make you stronger, okay? There's a reason that we have, you know, 2500 pound deadlifters in the gym and it's because they learn to deadlift properly and they control the movement all the way through. All right, so let's talk about some of those 500 pound deadlifters. A lot of our 500-pound deadlifters, not all of them, but a lot of them, are going to struggle with mobility. And definitely when I start talking about this, unfortunately, in American society today, this is going to be a much larger part of the population, right? A lot of people are going to struggle with mobility. And honestly, unfortunately, again, this is going to be one of those things that over the next 20 years, this is going to continue to get worse and worse and worse as we start getting more and more used to a sedentary culture. So I'm recording this and I've started recording all of my podcasts now from a standing desk in a standing position. And that's going to be one of our pieces that we want to work on, right? Is we want to be moving. We want to be on our feet more. We want to be squatting and lunging and bending and twisting and moving and engaging through our feet more throughout the day and we don't want to be sitting. Okay. The more that we can be up and moving through our normal and natural range of motion, which sitting is not a natural position. So you need to remove that from kind of your thought process, right? It is unnatural. So when we're sitting, we are actively working against our own nature in our own bodies that and how we want them to perform. So if you can figure that out, that's a big piece of just general health and fitness, right? so. We get a lot of flack for this, and a lot of people will struggle with work and they say, you know, yeah, well, you know, I've got to sit for eight hours. And, you know, I don't really believe that. Okay. I think that's a story you're telling yourself in your head. And trust me, just like anybody, right? I get tired and I want to sit from my standing desk and I succumb to that. And sometimes I sit far too long. But I know for a fact that I feel significantly worse after I get up from a three or four hour stretch of sitting in a row. So wear intelligent shoes and intelligent clothes to work that you can move in a little bit, okay? If we are a desk job person, every 15 or 20 minutes, stand up, do a couple squats, move yourself around a little bit, even if it's not going to be much, and then sit back down. It's going to make a big difference for you, okay? So that's our first piece to improving mobility is how much time we're spending throughout the day on it is going to make the biggest difference, right? If you come in and you come into the gym, you go through your warm up, and maybe you even have a little extended warm up with a little mobility, and maybe at best we get an hour and 15 minutes of getting our joints active and moving into their ranges of motion, but the other 22 hours and 45 minutes out of the day, you are sitting sedentary and locked into one crappy range of motion, You are never going to make a difference there. So if we can fix the lifestyle factors, that's a big piece of it. Okay, second piece, we're going to talk about time under tension. Okay, one of the biggest things that's going to make a huge difference for people in mobility is going to be moving into that range of motion with a little bit of tension added onto it. Okay, so an air squat hold barefoot, if you struggle with squat mobility, is a great way to work into the squat and start to stretch that out a little bit. But what's better is, is doing a empty bar, maybe 75 pound front squat hold, and starting to time that, right? At first, you might only be able to do 30 seconds. I like to do 30 seconds of rest in between my sets and do four to five sets. So if we look at that, if our goal is to achieve, you know, four to five minutes weighted into that squat hold, we need to think about doing and working ourselves up to a minute to a minute and 30 seconds of a front squat hold. Now, if you try to dive right into that and you struggle with mobility right away, it's going to kick your ass and you need to start getting used to working up and just do it once or twice a week. It can be with a kettlebell and a goblet squat, but I would prefer to start seeing you work and test yourself a little bit more and maybe doing a double kettlebell, barefoot squat hold. And so here's what that would look like. And it's so fast and it's so simple. Okay. Two 35 pound kettlebells for guys, two 26 pound kettlebells for girls, get them in a front rack, slip your shoes off and sit into a squat hold and hold those elbows as high as you can and work on your brace. Sit to the bottom and try to hold for 45 seconds and then rest 30 seconds and do that for four sets. I promise you your squat will feel incredible when you're done, but that's going to be one of the best ways for us to actually stretch out, loosen up, get a better squat hold, and build a little bit of bracing mechanics at the same time. So a little bit of forceful range of motion work with a little bit of weight. Okay, The second piece to that is just going to be generally time spent in the range of motion. Dr. Alm and the team at uh, Columbus Chiropractic have been big on recommending to people that any time that you are on your cell phone you sit into a squat right it's a great way for us to decompress the spine a little bit get a little bit of different pelvic motion but also for us to build a little bit of mobility in that squat when we're doing something that's stupid anyway right Um, I'm just going to generally start assuming that anything we're doing on our cell phones is is stupid right (laughs) even though it's not but if it is something stupid, right? If you are just wasting time on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or social media, um, you're, you know, reading emails that make you unhappy. But you're in the bottom of a squat. At least you're getting better while you're doing it, right? Jay and Tom, who, if you guys know them, they have two of the best squats and squat holds you'll ever see in your life. But when we first started training in the garage, they didn't come with that. That's not the way they were. Tom was actually excessively tight, which is absolutely hilarious if you know him now because he's like the most flexible six foot six person in the entire world. But what they used to do when we were still, you know, active in the bar scene, a bunch of single guys being idiots, they would, when we were at the bar, if we were standing in a circle uh, and talking, they would squat and they would sit down into a squat and we'd have conversations uh, just sitting into a squat in the bar. And that's when we sort of knew that we were too weird to go to bars anymore. But what that did for them is they switched the way that they thought about, you know, generally being throughout the day. So they thought, you know, hey, it's an opportunity for me to sit into a squat. And this is how most of the world, especially third world countries, are going to do a lot of their waiting or their, you know, hanging out, right? They're not going to sit. There's no benches. So they're just going to sit into a squat. If they're waiting on the bus, they're going to sit in a squat. If they go to the bathroom, they sit in a squat. And their prevalence of hip and lower back disease is almost nothing. Conversely, in America, where our lower back disease is like 60%, right? Everybody's always, oh, man, my lower back's killing me, right, all the time. Well, it's because you sit too much. You never sit yourself into natural, normal ranges of motion and positions. So this is my challenge to you if you guys struggle with mobility, is your first squat of the day, is not allowed to be in the gym, okay? It can't be. You have to do more squats throughout your day, okay? Uh, A great thing that we used to do, and it's kind of a funny uh, challenge, and I do think we should bring it back for a month, but every single day, you have to do 20 air squats every hour on the hour that you're awake. And it turned into this really fun challenge where Everybody throughout the day was doing the squats at the same time. And so we could like FaceTime each other or we could text and you could hold each other accountable. And some people turned that into a five minute squat hold. Some people did the 20 air squats. It wasn't really uh, what you were doing that mattered. Just the fact that you were getting yourself into squats more often throughout the day. So it's a fun challenge if you guys do struggle with mobility and you have a friend who struggles with mobility. It's a fun little way and a fun little challenge to uh, increase that movement more throughout the day. And then taking it away from the squat a little bit, guys. One of the big things that I like to think about is if you don't use a range of motion in a joint, you lose it. And so a good thing to start thinking about is starting or ending your days with just waking up and going through every single joint, just move it into every range of motion, okay? There's a thing called controlled articular rotations, which is a uh, basically a design of this, right? is basically you wake up, you start feeling out where your body's at, takes 15 to 20 minutes, and you do three rotations in each direction with each joint moving in every way that you can think of. Not only will this increase the range of motion of those joints, and it will help you feel more recovered, more fluid throughout your joints, but it'll also allow you to build a little bit of body awareness and some muscular development, maybe in some of the small muscles in your feet, in your ankles, in your wrists, in your mid and lower back. Uh, And it's a great way to just get ourselves used to kind of feeling and understanding our body on a little bit deeper level and really starting to understand what might be a limitation, right? If you are in your 30s and 40s and you already struggle to get your arms overhead or do an overhead squat, well, that can start to become a sign where, you know, when you're 60 or 70, if we aren't fixing some of that thoracic mobility, we aren't fixing some of that shoulder or lumbar mobility. You could be one of the people who's, you know, a little bit hunchback and maybe struggles to get things off of the top shelf. And at the very least, maybe you can do it, but it might be painful. And so we really want to start attacking that now and being aware of that possibility now, and then start getting your body to move in that range of motion more. And that's really the biggest thing. If we want to improve a range of motion and start to get to the point where we can use our body in that range of motion, then you have to use your body in that range of motion. I know counterintuitive right and then the last thing with that guys is nutrition and sleep really play a big factor into this and we have to make sure that we aren't eating foods that are going to be inflammatory right if we have extra inflammation throughout our joints and our muscles and we're not recovering enough in between sessions that is going to be a severe hindrance into a lot of the the joint movement and the pain in your joints and so it's going to throw a lot of the stuff that we want to work on off some extra factors for mobility that are like a little bit of extra credit, uh, but maybe people do a little bit too much of and rely on too much of for range of motion is SMR or self myofascial release, right? So that's your foam rolling, your lacrosse balling, okay? A lot of people call that mobility, right? Mobility Wad came out back in the day with Kelly Storette, first 365 days, I think I made it like 150, Jay probably made it more than me, but we followed that right when it first came out, and this is like 2010, And it was awesome. It was all new information. It was just, it was so needed in the CrossFit space at the time. And he was really diving into a path that most people just weren't touching on or understanding. Like back then, CrossFit movement was disgusting. And that's probably why you guys maybe back in the day heard, you know, oh, CrossFit's dangerous. It's like, well, yeah, we all moved like shit. Nobody was doing mobility. Nobody was recovering. Nobody knew anything about it. And nobody was really doing anything about it. And so uh, the sport sort of evolved mainly because of Kelly Storette And then uh, obviously Froning started to move a little bit better. And uh, people started to recognize that like, oh, you know, he makes that look a lot easier than the guy next to him who's not doing it right. And so don't conflate the two, right? SMR or lacrosse balling is not actually mobility work. It will not help you move a joint into a new range of motion uh, for the long haul. Okay, what it does is it opens up restrictions, right? You might have some muscles that are, you know, getting a little bit tight. They're bound together. The fascia sticking down and you need to kind of break that up and loosen up some of the junk that's in there. Again, this goes back to nutrition, right? If we're not eating healthy and, you know, we maybe, have some some bad recovery, then that's going to be worse and we're going to need to break that up more often. But that then will allow you to move back into normal ranges of motion for that day. So what it would look like is you would do your SMR first, you would open up the restrictions and then you would go into your range of motion work, so sitting in squats and those things. So it's not that it's bad but you have to understand what it is, Okay, what it allows you to do. Can also help increase some blood flow into some areas and different things like that and that's also what massage is going to be good for. And massage and blood flow work really generally guys is going to be something that's very good for the body but you have to understand that just getting massages or just rolling out with a lacrosse ball is never going to get me into a deeper squat. Okay, it might temporarily feel that way because I opened up a restriction that was really stopping me from getting down where I needed to go. But it's not that really all that's doing is opening up what I was already capable of. Okay, so if we want to increase our capability, we have to actually do some like loaded squat holds. And so if we kind of understand that general flow, right, then we should also better understand how yoga fits into that, right? Yoga, again, same thing. It can help us open up the restrictions. It can help us get some blood flow. But depending on how and where we're doing yoga, it might not necessarily increase your range of motion, okay? Can it? Sure, right? If you guys are not actually working on the elasticity of your muscles and you're not ever moving those joints into those ranges of motion, then yoga is going to be a great benefit to you because it's going to force you to move into those ranges of motion more often. Okay, But what yoga sometimes lacks is extended holds in the positions or any type of loaded hold in the positions that we need. So just like I was talking about earlier, an air squat hold Is great, right? It's a great way to work on building a better squat and being in squat more often because we're spending more time in the squat. But if we really want to get better at, you know, taking four hundred pounds into an to grass squat, we're gonna maybe need to start thinking about loading that position with a little bit of weight and spending some more time down there. Okay, so if I'm a four hundred pound squatter, I might take one thirty five or one eighty five or two twenty five, and sit and hold down in the bottom of squats. There's some great old videos of Sam Dancer, and I think he does a 30-second pause squat with 405. Might have been 315. He was doing a bunch of crazy shit back in the day. Um, Either way, right, that's crazy. But he has this unbelievable stability in like the deepest squat for a dude who's a big, thick, muscular, powerlifting football player. And so that's awesome. If you can have both the capability... And the stability and the mobility together, you become a freak athlete, okay? So that's kind of what we want to do. And hopefully that sheds a little bit of light on you guys, uh, you know, on what you should be working on. So for action items, that's your first step is understand who you are and what you need, right? What type of athlete am I? Everybody for the most part is going to need some stability or some mobility, Both, right, or all in one. Okay. So try to get that understanding first and then figure out a plan of attack. Okay. Hopefully, somewhere in here, I was talking about something that you guys have just never done before, which I'm sure I have, because a lot of people don't necessarily think about these as major performance factors. But position is power, right? If we can get in and out of good positions with almost no effort or energy then you can start flying in workouts. You can breathe better. It takes less energy. It takes less oxygen. You're going to become less tired, right? And then when we start taking it on the opposite end, you're going to be more powerful. You're going to drive better. You're going to use your hips and your body the way it's supposed to mechanically work to advantageously apply power through all positions. So you're going to get significantly stronger without actually getting stronger, It's kind of a crazy thing to think about. For a lot of people, this is a low-hanging fruit for strength because you don't actually have to build any muscle mass. You don't have to grind through months and months and months of a squat program. You just have to do some squat holds before you come in every day. So this discussion of stability and mobility really hammers down on that second tier of the pyramid that we talked about, which is movement, right? It is the fundamental Okay, and this is one of those huge frustrations of coaches is we get people who start to jump all the way up to intensity, right? I want to squat 500 pounds. I want to squat 600 pounds. And there are some people legitimately who are squatting double body weight. And yet I, they can't sit into a 30-second air squat hold without dying, right? Or they can't come out of it. Or if I start having them do some loaded squat holds or some 10-second eccentrics, they totally fall apart with an empty bar. And then right next to them might be a 110 pound female who can't squat 95 pounds, but she can sit into that position for minutes on end. Okay. And those are the two different types of people, right? They both have different things to work on, but don't start thinking that it's more important that you pack on a bunch of weight and you start to overload yourself and you start to stress with all of these heavy 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 all the time all the time if you can't do the little simple things right and you're not doing any stability or any mobility work at all because you're basically trying to go to the top of the tree for the same fruit that is sitting at the very bottom of the tree or has already fallen off the tree right it is the lowest hanging fruit and so if you're attacking that the right way then you're going to be getting stronger and more powerful no matter what Thanks, guys. I know that a lot of you guys like the personal development stuff a little bit more, uh, but I do hope that you guys are listening to these and you guys are, you know, taking some value away. I think I get a lot more discussion on the personal development stuff because, you know, I think it's what people need. I think a lot of people are not talking a lot about, you know, how we can improve our own mental health and our mental outlook. But what you have to understand about mental training and personal development is it does go hand in hand with the body, right? So if we're spending some time working on some of these different things we're working more into range of motion and mobility throughout the day, we're more active, we're up on our feet, you're going to have more energy, you're going to be a more responsive person, you're going to be able to sit and not feel foggy when you do work on your personal development. So this stuff is equally important, and it is stuff that we need to start kind of understanding that it goes in the same boat, right? We can't have one without the other, okay? Treating the mind well, but not the body, is going to leave you working at a lower capacity. Same thing, if we only ever work on the body, you're working at a lower capacity than somebody who works on both at the same time. So stay powerful and keep working. Put some action items into place from some of the things that we talked about, depending on who you are. And then I hope you guys, if you want to start a squat challenge, you let me know. All right, I'm always game for it. Thanks.